Welcome to Immigrant Stories, the podcast. Immigrant Stories is a live show where we mix two very different styles of storytelling. We have true stories told live on stage by immigrants from all over the world who have uprooted their lives and moved to Sweden. We mix those stories with improvised theater. What makes this show unique is the storyteller donates their story to the show and actually contributes themselves as the main character in our improvised long-form performance. So they literally choose an actor who will play them, and when their story ends, we improvise the rest of their life. And this has just been a thrilling mix of storytelling. Now, improv is really best seen live in the moment, However, these true stories can live on, and that's why we have this podcast, to really share these stories with the world and hope they make us feel a little bit more connected. I'm Josh Len, and I'll be joined by other members of our improv ensemble, and you'll hear us backstage after the show reflecting on these stories and how they touched us emotionally in order to bring them to life. If you're an immigrant living in Sweden and you have a story to tell, Get in touch with us at International Theatre Stockholm. Let's get into the stories. Our first storyteller has been living in Sweden two and a half years. She's from Siberia, Russia. Welcome to the stage, Xenia Kolpakova. Yeah, I'm Xenia. I've been in Sweden for two and a half years. And tomorrow I move into America. Yeah. And uh, this summer I met a guy, uh, his name is Ivan, uh, he's from Ukraine. And when we met, I already knew that I'm gonna move to America, but we started dating anyway. And uh, so we had a couple of dates, and on our fourth date, uh, he, he invited me to have brunch on Sunday with him and with his friend's son who is uh, like four years old. Um, and I thought, uh, it's not exactly how I imagine the best date, um, but I really wanted Ivan to like me. So I decided to pretend that I like to hang out with the kids that I don't know. Um, it, it was a mistake. Um, so on Sunday morning, uh, we met up on the subway and we went to Broma. So I thought that we would uh, pick up a kid and go like to a restaurant or a cafe, right, to have brunch. But it's not what happened. Instead, we had brunch with, with the kid and the whole family and friends. And so imagine it's uh, Broma, like very nice neighborhood and uh, the hosts, uh, Alistair and uh, Helena, it's a British-Swedish couple who've been married for like 10 or 15 years. They're three kids and another couple, a Swedish couple who've been together for three years, who live together. And me and Ivan, who knew each other for two weeks, we didn't even kiss, so it, we were just hanging out. <laughs> and. Um, so we came there, and I, of course I felt awkward right away. Like, oh, I, I was thinking like, no, 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 it's not like I don't want to spend my Sunday like this. 
But then I thought like, okay, it's just, you know, it's just a party with new people. So maybe I, I yeah, I'll just uh, hang out with them. Maybe I'll have a good time. Um, but when we arrived, uh, Ivan almost right away, he stopped like talking to me because he started hanging out with, uh, with the kids, helping out in the kitchen. And I was just left alone in like this stranger's house. And I tried to make conversations, um, but those people, they didn't, like, they didn't talk to me. So, like, uh, all our talks was, were very, very small. Like, I couldn't make a conversation with them, basically. So, uh, it, it, it was getting more and more awkward. Then we had brunch, uh, they were talking, and I also tried to include myself, but it, I failed. And Ivan was like sitting there and he wasn't helping me. Like, to, he, he didn't try to make me feel comfortable or something. Uh, so I thought like, okay, we're gonna eat and then we, get, we, we can take off, right? But um, they had a plan. Um, I call it uh, <laughs> cut a pig. <laughs> uh, so Alistair uh, was in Spain and he brought a huge piece of hamon. Like it's five or six kilos. And he brought it and he put it in the middle of the dining table. Um, and if you know how hamun looks like, it looks like raw meat, right? It looks like raw meat covered in uh, the sticky yellow fat. <laughs> so it was, oh, sorry, it was disgusting. And um, uh, then he, then uh, he started cutting uh, it into smaller pieces to give to people, like to, to give to his friends. And he asked everyone, like, what kind of piece do you want? How much do you want? And he cut the piece and gave it to everyone, except of me, because I was nobody. Right? Um, and it got even worse, because then he called, like on FaceTime, he called a friend. And he said, like, hey, dude, we have Hamon here. Like, do you want a piece? And then he cut a piece for that guy. <laughs> <laughs> And I was there just watching it happening. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I, at that point, I started feeling nauseous because of the look of this hamon and like a level of humiliation. <laughs> um, and yeah, and I felt super awkward and I was disappointed and I felt angry. And uh, yeah. And also, during that, uh, that, that brunch, one of the guests, she came by to me, and she asked, like, are you guys a couple? Or I said, like, I don't know. <laughs> and uh, uh, and she, she wasn't mean. She, she just, I think she, maybe she felt awkward for me, because I came with Ivan, and uh, then he didn't talk to me for two hours. <laughs> and he was, like, anywhere else except of next to me. So I think she was also, like, she was feeling awkward, maybe. So after that, I decided that, like, all right, that's it. Uh, and I said, like, oh, guys, you know, I'm moving, so I need to pack. And uh, uh, it, I had such a lovely time. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I left. Um, and Ivan left with me. What a surprise, right? Um, and then we left outside, and Ivan asked me, like, so how did you like it? And I said, it was boring and I had the most horrible time. Um, yeah, but then uh, after that, um, yeah, we walked and we talked about it and I 
I expressed my concerns, and, <laughs> and uh, he listened to me, and we talked, and then we had uh, many other good and uh, happy dates, and we're still together. It's a Mr. Pishin number. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, and I'm moving to America, and he's staying in, uh, in Sweden, but we're gonna make it work, anyway. Now we're gonna go backstage after the show and hear from the improvisers who had to bring these stories to life. All right, well, Maria, Zania chose you. Yes. So what kind of stuff stuck out for you when you were listening to her story? What things emotionally kind of hit you? Well, first, first I was really happy that she, she chose me. It's, it's a very special feeling. Mm. Uh, it's like... It's like a special bond between you. Mm. Like she, she chose me maybe because she found something in me that is similar to her. So then you listen to the story uh, with that in mind. That's like. exactly what happened. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And, and, and maybe it's just like, and I, I could see it because we're both blonde and, and we both have glasses. Now I don't have glasses, but maybe she could see on me that I usually wear glasses. And <laughs> she so was squinting. She has eyes. <laughs> but like... Uh, very a special bond, um, and then in the story, um, I tried to just listen and really listen uh, mm. to to the whole story. But also I listen as an improviser and think about mm. like what what can it, it's like m almost like I, I I do a little bit of a filing system or what what did mm. you say you, you you file things like that can be that scene that can be a scene that can be a character mm. that can be. So it, it's like a double kind of listening mm. as an improviser. Uh, you, you, you listen to the story because it's a really good story and it's really nice to hear a person tell a personal story. But mm. you also listen to it to an improviser, uh, as an in improviser. Uh, and I really enjoyed, this story was funny. Uh, <laughs> so I laughed and, and I also, uh, I felt that I have also felt this kind of feelings, like mm -hmm. being left alone at a party. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. awful. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. That's like the worst. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, being left by the date. The by the date. Yeah. 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 Um, but they're still together, so. They're still yeah. together. So, um, I was, I was thinking a lot of, like, what what can we do with this? What what are we going to play? Are we going to play? Uh, the relation t from 10 years from now or are we going to play mm -hmm. replay it or just trying to find for myself like what what can we do what what I what do I want to do and at the same time just listen and and pick up I she said one thing that I really liked as a line and that was Ivan didn't help me I don't know if that was the words but like my boyfriend didn't help me I was at the party and when you're at a party and you only know your date, that person needs to help you. Mm. Uh, and he didn't. No, he just took off. He yeah. just took off. He, he just yeah. did other, st other stuff. For two uh, hours. For two <laughs> hours. Yeah. It's a long time. Yeah. And then the other people didn't, like, see her. No. Yeah. And that they were still in a... They weren't really, you know, together then. So it was still... No, they didn't know. Like, yeah. 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 
So I like say I saved that for myself, like that line, Ivan, you didn't. And, and then I used that in at the the last scene. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and like, and I don't know if people get that, but I, I like as an improviser, I like those kind of things. Like, Ivan, you didn't help mm. me. Mm. You're not helping, or something like that. Yeah. Um, I was thinking of the when I heard the story of like, of Ivan and like the alternative, uh, sort of. For him, like, why didn't he? Maybe he was really nervous uh, mm. and, you yeah. know, didn't feel comfortable. And, mm. um, you know, I, I think I've been in that situation, not maybe, like, leaving someone for two hours, but I've definitely been sort of like, oh, I'm, I'm, I don't know how to act in the situation. And suddenly, like, putting my energy on not the person that I should be no. focusing on uh, because, I'm, you know, because of insecurity, basically. Mm. Uh, so I was thinking of, like, uh, it would be interesting to see him and, like, have him uh, talk about that. Why, like, kind of, you know, be vulnerable and be like, well, look, this is mm. what I wanted to do, but, and this is what I did. Mm, yeah. <laughs> it would have been fun. Let's get back on stage and play Yvonne. <laughs> Our next storyteller is from Reykjavik, Iceland. She's lived in Sweden for five years. Let's hear Hlin Augustotir. Hi, everyone. Let me just fix that. Thank you for having me. Um, I didn't move to Sweden for love, or work, or school, any of the usual reasons people move. I moved because I needed a change. One evening back in Iceland, my mom walks into my room. She sits on my bed, looks at me and says, Clean, you're not happy. And we have to do something about that. And so, <laughs> and I knew she was right. And I realized that I have been waiting for the love or the work or school to happen, to find a reason to move. I'd been to Stockholm before and um, I was visiting two friends of mine, one who had moved for love and the other one had moved for school. And I, um, I loved it here. I loved Stockholm and I wanted to stay. So I remember telling my friend, you know what, one day I am going to live here. So in that moment when my mom told me this, I I decided that I was done waiting for something to happen. I was done waiting for life to happen. I need to make things happen. So I decided to move. And just the reason that I wanted to move, I wanted to meet new people, I wanted to have new experiences, and broaden my horizon and grow was a good enough reason to make the move. And I moved with no work, and I had money 
that would last me for three months. Uh, I did have some safety net when I made that move. Uh, my cousin, Alva, who has been my, one of my closest friends for my whole life, she uh, is a sexy salsa dancer and a badass nurse as well. She offered me to stay with her and her boyfriend, E.B., who is also a badass salsa dancer and Latino guy. And they offered me to stay with them in their one-bedroom apartment, rent-free while I was looking for a job, which was really nice of them. And my cousin, she made me this little corner in their living room where I could stay. And somehow she managed to make it really cozy. No privacy for anyone, but still very nice. <laughs> and I started looking for a job. And of course, I couldn't make it too easy on myself. I didn't just want to live in a new place. I also wanted a new kind of job, a job I had no experience in, or very little. I wanted to be a programmer. So there I was looking for a job where I had barely any experience, and I didn't even speak the language. Good job, Lean. <laughs> um, one month in, no job. I had applied for only three jobs because I barely fulfilled any qualifications and no job interview yet. Uh, so I was getting pretty stressed and I was also really, really starting to like it here. I used to take these walks down from Tiesentralen to Gamlastan. I would buy myself a cup of coffee and walk down and enjoy the sights and I would stop by this sci-fi bookstore in Gamlastan and buy myself a book. And I felt like I was living in my favorite vacation spot. So I really wanted to stay in Stockholm. And then I got lucky. Uh, my uncle's wife's brother, I'll repeat that. My uncle's wife's brother, <laughs> who also lives here in Stockholm, he uh, got me a job interview with a company I was working for. And so yay, I went to my first job interview in Sweden. And it was intense. Uh, there were eight people interviewing me. Thankfully in English, not in Swedish. They were <laughs> really nice about that. Um, and they were super nice and uh, offered me a job as a junior system developer. And they gave me an eight-month trial period um, to learn the job and learn the language. So I was super happy about that. But it wasn't easy. I was learning a whole new job in a whole new country, and I was doing it in a whole new language. So I was in this overload at work, and my goodness, Swedes love their meetings. We, yes. <laughs> I was sitting on so many meetings, most of them in Swedish, and I was falling asleep. It was pretty embarrassing. I was literally sitting there pinching myself, hoping that the pain would keep me awake. And um, no one said anything, very Swedish of them as well. Um, but at least it didn't affect the, affected that I did get the permanent position in the end, thankfully. And um, at the end of it, uh, by moving here and making that decision to make things happen and stop waiting for life to happen, 
I have made so many friends, way more than I ever did in Iceland, and from all over the world. And it has been amazing. My life has literally been an adventure every single day since. And I am so thankful to my mom for giving me that push. Happy birthday, mom. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> All right, so Katarina, you were chosen to play Helene by Helene. Uh, so tell us a little bit about what was going through your mind when you were listening to her story. Um, I was, she was, when she chose me, I was like, yeah, and also feeling really kind of nervous with a lot of responsibility. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was, Because you know her from before. Yeah, yeah, I do. And also she was like, she chose me, she looked at me, and I felt like, oh, yes gonna do I'm gonna honor your stories I, I, I felt uh, good but also like responsibility um, and uh, I was just really enjoying her story a lot listening to it she got right into the emotions um, so I, I think you know I think I wasn't thinking at all I was just listening um, and uh, I think what really touched me the most was her mother and um, her mother telling her, you know, you're not happy, you need to move. Like, that's such a big action of love, yeah. I think, that you see someone and you're like, oh, this person needs to, uh, I need to let this person go, move the country. Uh, in order for this person to be happy. So yeah. I, I was really like, wow, that's, um, uh, that's such an amazing mom. Definitely. Yeah, totally. And uh, Maria, you were initiating the first scene, yeah. playing her cousin. Mm -hmm. What was going through your mind? Uh, I, I just thought that because she, has, she had mentioned the cousin, so that was a character that I thought would come up, the cousin Elva, mm -hmm. who... And also, I, I thought that this is a character that would be fun to mm -hmm. watch. Mm -hmm. uh, a, a salsa-loving couple, <laughs> like you could dance. And... Well, my, my only thought was to, to give room for you to be, to be her. Mm -hmm. uh, to just like land and where are we now? Mm. What are you feeling? Mm. Cool. Yeah, there was a lot of uh, like sweetness between you. Mm. It was like, oh, you know, you're tired and you know the, the being tired from the meeting. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. I think my, I think that my thought in the first scene is like not not inventing anything new no. just taking care of what we already what we got from the mm. story yeah. mm. uh, just landing in that feeling mm. of being super tired yeah yeah I, I also didn't like I think as soon as I was like oh I'm, I'm tired still from work and probably mm. got that from the situation that we're playing the you know the now or the now being when she's at work and have all these long meetings, which is also where we ended up being <laughs> a lot yeah. in the story. 
Yeah, Jenny, you seem like you had tons of fun with the, the meetings. I did. I, I really enjoyed doing the Swedish meeting uh, <laughs> culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, it was it's always fun when uh, audience members come up after the show and say, I, I recognize that. I yeah. can so yeah, much yeah, relate yeah. to that. Mm-hmm. And there was this uh, trio of a girl from Spain, <laughs> a girl from Sweden, and a girl from Russia who were friends and watching the show. And the girl from Spain, first she came out, oh, the hormone thing, I, I really <laughs> could recognize it. <laughs> and then the Swedish girl was like, oh, the meetings, oh, they're, they're oh. so Swedish. Yeah. And then the Russian girl said something in Russian <laughs> to Xenia <laughs> next to me. Um, and I also think that those scenes are, are where, where we Swedes uh, get to, like, it's like therapy for us. Yeah, <laughs> getting things out of our system. Mm. So, so like <laughs> yeah. playing Swedish meetings are actually like yeah, it's like because they're not our, they're not wrong in saying the meetings. Yeah, are but it's a kind of torture joke. though. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I love. We had a meeting, and then it was like, yeah, it's fifteen minutes until the next meeting. Yeah, yeah. totally. Like, totally <laughs> I'm good. like, I think I have a day like that next week. Oh no! Yeah. Oh no! no. <laughs> Don't forget the coffee. Yeah, <laughs> I start every one Monday with just scheduling all the meetings and trying to figure out: Do I actually have some time mm-hmm. in between to work? Yeah. <laughs> And the meeting was all about coffee. Yeah, if and that's also that's, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's I initiated that because that's from my my job. So that's therapy for me. Yeah. We actually have um, a fight between the third floor and the fifth floor. Oh my um, god! Who gets the coffee? Who <laughs> <laughs> should have the coffee machine? Uh, but there there is something so therapeutic about nailing the cultural mm. uh, issues, like you the know. specifics. Yeah. Like, didn't we have like agreeing on the agenda, or or, you know, couldn't even start the meeting? Yeah. I, I was in right. a meeting like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Yes. We were in a lot of meetings. I, well, I <laughs> remember you are Swedish, them. Yes, yeah, I'm yeah. Swedish. Yeah. But I could relate to Hlin a lot. Uh, falling asleep. I remember yeah. when I was new to Sweden, I would go to like a Swedish event or like a dinner party yeah. and most people were speaking Swedish. Yeah. I would get exhausted. Oh, I, I would be like, oh my God. You know, I have a lot of energy, but <laughs> I'm like two hours into a party, like, oh my God, I need to go on a couch and <laughs> take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> it's nap time. Yeah, so I could totally, that hit something with me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But as you were saying, uh, um, Katerina, about story uh, the part where the mother mm. actually comes into our room and say clean you're not happy mm. that's uh, that's huge and you, and you can see that on her uh, that that was uh, something huge because she got mm. really emotional about that yeah mm-hmm. uh, and did not go deeper to it uh, she told me afterwards that uh, she didn't know when she prepared this story, uh, the, the monologue, that she didn't know that her mother would sit in the audience. Oh, mm. oh my God. But, yeah, well, yeah, but today, she, of course, she knew, but yeah, yeah, when yeah. she wrote it, she didn't know. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was really sweet to see her mom in the audience. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Immigrant Stories, the podcast. 
If you want to come and see a live show, see these stories told live on stage and the improv that follows, we have two more this October, the 19th and 20th. You can find us online at internationaltheater.se, that's theater spelled the American way, T-H-E-A-T-E-R, and on all social at International Theater Stockholm. Uh, the improvisers you heard on this podcast are Jenny Bjork, Katarina Walberry, Maria Renius, Olaf Hagmark, and me, Josh Len. We want to give a huge thank you to our storytellers, Xenia Kolpakova and Hlyn Augustotter. And another thanks to Marcus Thirawal, our musician, for this awesome music. We hope to see you at the theater. New podcast coming out soon. Thanks for listening. <laughs>